Amen. Well, today we're going to look at uh, Matthew chapter 2, looking at verses 1 through 11 for just a few minutes here. And we're looking at the topic of extravagant gifts. Now, so far probably between last night or maybe last weekend or this week and last night and this morning, there have been a lot of gifts that have been given uh, at your place or in your family. And so what we want to look at for just a few minutes here is to look at some extravagant gifts that were given centuries ago at Christmas time. So if you would, in honor and reverence to the word of God, if you'd please stand as I read for you, Luke chap- I mean, uh, Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Matthew 2. So it says, now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who's been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he'd gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And so they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel." Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. And when they heard the king, they departed and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Let's pray together. Father, we are thankful for our time together. And thank you, Lord, uh, for giving us just a few minutes to just focus in on who you are. And uh, Lord, what we need to do as a response to who you are today. We pray, Lord, that you touch every heart and life. May we walk away a different people than we walked in. And we pray, Lord, that you'd have your way in us. We pray now, Father, the words of my mouth, meditation of my heart, be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, my rock and my redeemer, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And thank you. You may be seated. Well, as we look at this passage of scripture, we see that gifts were given in that day. Customarily, gifts were given uh, brought to someone when they were approaching someone they considered to be a superior. Somebody who was more superior to them, that's when they would bring the gifts and bring them. As we see here, these are the magi, the wise men, and they're bringing these gifts to this baby who they consider to be their superior. So these gifts that they're bringing to Jesus, baby Jesus, are extravagant and may have been symbolic of who Jesus was even. There's some debate about what they may have stood for or just that these were uh, very costly gifts that the Magi wanted to bring to uh, Jesus. Uh, But there's different ideas about the gold, that the gold possibly represented royalty. And that's why that gift was given. That uh, the gift of frankincense represented uh, deity. And that's why that gift was given. Or And myrrh, which represented humanity. And that's why that gift was given. And it may be that those are the reasons and maybe not. But whatever the case, gold and frankincense and myrrh were indeed extravagant gifts that were brought to Jesus. 
And you know, as we come to Christmas morning, I had to wonder if we were in the position of the Magi today, if you and myself were in that position, I wonder what gifts, what extravagant gifts we would bring if we were given that joy and that privilege to bring a gift to Jesus. So I have some gifts here this morning, a little bit of a visual illustration. Someone asked if these are door prizes and they are not, okay? (laughs) But as we think about the gifts that are given, and maybe this would be something, maybe there's something that we could give to the Lord that would show to him how, what he means to us or what, what has happened in our life or, or just it be an extravagant gift that we could give to him. Uh, we have a couple things here. The first one is this. <clears throat> you may have seen these before. This is called the red plate. I don't know if you've ever seen the red plate before. In our house, this, we have this in our house when it's somebody's birthday or a special day, uh, they just got their braces off or they just got their driver's license or whatever it may be. We serve their dinner or their breakfast or their lunch on the red plate because they are special. And so I was, as we were thinking about, okay, what would be an extravagant gift that we could present to the Lord? And it could be that maybe we would present the red plate to him and say, because <clears throat> you are the central person in our home. And so we, we give you this red plate as, as to show that you have that central place and that you're always special uh, in our lives. So maybe that would be an extravagant gift that we could give to the Lord. Well, maybe, maybe if it's, that's not your thing, how about this one? <clears throat> Possibly we could bring him a clock and give him a clock and say to him, well, as we're giving you this clock, it symbolizes, Lord, that uh, you're going to have, <clears throat> to me, my time is most precious. And so I'm going to give you a clock to symbolize that time is, which is most precious to me, I'm going to give that to you. Well, maybe for you, it's not the clock. Maybe for you, you decide, well, maybe I will <clears throat> give you something else that's even more meaningful. And that would be my checkbook, my savings account book. Maybe yours has more in it than this one does, but nevertheless, you could say to him, but you know, this checkbook in in savings account, it represents all of my worth, uh, all my finances. And so Lord, uh, that's the most extravagant gift. And so I bring this to you and I give this to you. Well, maybe that's not it either. Maybe for you, it's something else. And maybe we could bring our degree. This is uh, a degree that we might have. Uh, maybe you've got one on your wall. Uh, and so you would bring him your degree and say, this represents all of my accomplishments, uh, everything that I've accomplished in life, all the prestige that I hold, Lord. I'm going to bring you this degree, give you this degree because it represents all that I have accomplished in life. And so I give that to you. And that's my most extravagant gift. Or it could be that we've decided, well, you know what? How about we do this? Let's bring him some candy at Christmas. Let's give him some candy because it represents uh, the sweetness. It it represents that all of my good works, uh, how I'm going to be kind and how I'm going to be gracious and how I'm going to be sweet to people. So Lord, I'm going to be good to people. I'm going to be good. I'm going to be sweet. I'm going to be kind. And so I'm going to give you this candy as a representation, a symbol of, of my sweetness and my good works to other people. And these are great gifts to bring as a symbol of who Jesus is to you. But I really think that there's another one that we might be able to pull out here. 
And that's this one. And that's a mirror. So you could pull the mirror out and you could hand it uh, to the Lord. But before you do, you might want to just kind of look at it. Because a mirror represents all of me. And in reality, friends, that's the gift that we need to be bringing to Jesus. Amen. It's not the mirror, it's not the candy, it's not the degree or the checkbook or the clock or the special plate, but it's all of us. That's the gift that the Lord is expecting from us, and really that's the only gift that we can give to him, is all of ourselves. And we find that that's exactly what happened with these Magi, that they also did exactly the same thing. No, they didn't bring a mirror, but they also brought themselves to the Lord. As a matter of fact, we find in verse 11 that it tells us there, we see that verse and we see that they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But if you back up just a tad, you will find that when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. They worshiped the Lord because they're giving of themselves to him, worshiping him. That's what they brought. They brought themselves Now, why should we bring such a gift like this? Why should we bring a gift like all of ourselves to the Lord? We should bring such a gift to Jesus because he is such a gift to us. Amen. As a matter of fact, in 2 Corinthians 9, 15 says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. The word indescribable means it defies description. It is beyond expression, this gift that has been given to us. This gift of Jesus, God's son, word became flesh. He came and dwelt among us in order that he might come to give us the freedom from our sin, to give us the freedom from the penalty, the freedom from the power, and one day the freedom from the presence of all sin. And so if we go back to our gifts over here, we can sort of remember some of what this plan looks like, this plan that God has for us, as we understand how he is that indescribable gift, but also how we can give ourselves to him. So you might not be able to give him a mirror, but you can give him yourself. And so what does that look like? Well, as we come back to this, we are reminded first off that just as the, the back of this is black, we're reminded that we're all sinners in need of a savior. And that because of sin in our life, friends, there is darkness. And that each and every one of us are sinners in need of a savior. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But not only that, because God knew that we're sinners and we couldn't save ourselves, we find also the red here reminds us that with this baby who was born Jesus, he lived a sinless life and he went to a cross called Calvary for you and me. And there he bled and he died to take away your sin and my sin that we may be right with may be made right with holy God. The the red represents the precious blood of Jesus. The Bible says in Colossians 1:20 that tells us that Jesus reconciles us to himself having made peace through the blood of his cross. We have peace with God because of what Jesus did for us on the cross of Calvary. We have the peace of God, but the peace with God first and foremost. 
But then also we know that just as we are sinners in need of a savior and we have uh, sin in our lives, there's darkness there. And when we accept Jesus, when we trust Jesus by faith and the blood that was shed for us on Calvary's cross, then we are made white as snow. Our sins are cleaned up. And no longer are we in the darkness, but now we're in the light. Amen. We now have Jesus Christ who has cleansed us and made us whole and made us right with him. The Bible tells us, that we have the forgiveness of sins. In Isaiah 1.18, it says, Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Aren't we glad that we've been cleaned up of all of our sins because of what Jesus has done? Amen? And not only that, but once we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and our sins are, are made white so that we've been forgiven, we then find also that the next step is to be obedient in baptism. So the blue represents being baptized. It symbolizes when we're baptized that we're going to identify with Jesus Christ because he was baptized. We're going to be obedient to Christ as he calls us out to be baptized. When we're baptized, it symbolizes his death, his burial and resurrection, but also our death, burial and resurrection as well. That's what happened in him and happened to us. Matter of fact, in Colossians 2.20, it says that we're buried with him in baptism in which you also were raised with him through faith. And so as we live out that life, we know that we have once we're sinners and now we're saved by the blood of Jesus. We've been washed clean, we're white as snow. We're going to begin to follow through with him in baptism. But then also as we follow through with him in baptism, then the next thing we see is that uh, the green represents growth. We're not going to stay the same. We're not going to remain babes in Christ. Amen. That's not what we're going to do. But we're going to grow more in love with Jesus each and every day. We want to be more like him today than we were yesterday and more like him tomorrow than we were today. Amen. So we want to seek to grow day by day in our walk with him. And so the green represents that growth. It tells us in God's word that in 2 Peter 3.18 to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's very clear that we're not to stay, stay babes, but we're to grow in him. And next week when you come back, we'll talk about how we can do some of that. But then also we find... <clears throat> As we know that we're sinners saved by grace because of the blood of Jesus, we've been changed. We're now white as snow. We've been baptized and we're growing in him. We know that ultimately we're looking forward to a day represented by this yellow that represents the streets of gold. Amen. A place where we're going to be one day, a place called heaven, a place where this promised It's a promised place for believers after earth to be with Jesus. Jesus said in John 14, verse verse 3, that he had prepared a place for us. And he says, and where I am, there you may be also. Man, what a promise that is. That's what Jesus has done for us. That's the hope that we have today because of that baby that was born in Bethlehem who lived that sinless life, who loves you and loves me. That's why he came and he went to the cross on your behalf and my behalf to take your sin debt and your sin penalty and pay that for us there. And we trust him by faith and we are made white as snow and we follow through in living for him and being obedient to him in every area of our lives. Friends, at the end of your life, if you know Jesus as Lord and Savior, you will have no regrets, amen? Following him all your days, he is faithful and he is trustworthy and he is the Lord and he's that babe that was born. So this Christmas, why not give him your most extravagant gift? You've already given a lot of gifts. You're probably gonna still get a few too. But why not this Christmas 
Give your most extravagant gift to Jesus. And that extravagant gift is the gift of yourself. And say, Lord, here I am. Maybe you've never trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. You can know him today by simply taking that step of faith, trusting him by faith. As we talked about, acknowledging that you're a sinner in need of a Savior, turning from that sin, turning to Jesus. Embracing, believing that he's God's son who died on the cross, rose again bodily for you and profess him as the Lord and Savior of your life. It's a step of faith. But maybe you're here and you already know Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, but maybe you're just not where you want to be or need to be in your walk with him. Why not surrender completely to him again today and say, Lord, I give you all of me. My most extravagant gift this Christmas is saying, Lord, here I am. I'm yours. And he is standing waiting with open arms to receive you. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you are so good to us and that you have given us the most indescribable gift, the gift of your son, our savior, Jesus Christ, when God became man to make us right with you and to give us the hope of heaven. So Father, we pray that as we come to this invitation, that you would speak to our hearts that you would guide us in our walk with you. That, Lord, if there are those here today who don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that, Lord, this would be the moment, this Christmas morning, that they'd be willing to say, I want to give my whole life to Jesus. I want to just surrender my all to him because he loves me and he died for me on the cross. Father, I pray for those who don't know you, this would be that moment of salvation. As you reach out to them, may they come running to you. But also, Father, for those of us who, who know you, May you use this time in our hearts and lives to renew our walk with you this morning as we renew that vow to you, renew that loyalty to you to say, Lord, I'm yours. I'm yours. You, oh God, have given us an indescribable gift in the gift of your son, our Savior, Jesus. And so, Lord, here we are. And we're bringing our most extravagant gift to you today the gift of ourselves to worship you to fall before you to love you and to live for you all of our days and we give you the glory the honor and the praise in Jesus name we pray amen friends we're going to stand we're going to sing oh come all ye faithful and you come as God has dealt with your heart this morning come and pray silently or come and pray I'll be glad to pray with you as well Singing together, oh come, all ye faithful. Oh.